Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today, I am welcoming Lisa Gill, who is Corporate Partnerships Manager at Parkinson's UK to the Focus on Why podcast. Welcome. Hello, Amy. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm very well, thank you. And even better to have you join me today. This is really looking forward to speaking. And it's actually quite interesting because you reached out after hearing Chris Leake's podcast on social media you reached out to me I think it's via LinkedIn saying how much you enjoyed that and how it was a a bit of a blast from the past hearing the journey again. Yes yes definitely Chris works with Parkinson's UK he was uh, instrumental in uh, securing a partnership that we now have with Budweiser so he's such an inspiration in terms of the journey that he's gone through to support Parkinson's UK and Janet he's gone through to really sort of achieve his his dream and at that record-breaking moment to really kind of show support for his dad and his family. And it is an incredible story and it was an incredible podcast that we recorded it, it was very emotional and it was a, a it meant a lot for him his why which is as you know all about his father and it, it's it's just so nice to hear someone actually just share and that being the vulnerable sometimes you know you don't often hear that type of thing in an interview and it really makes a difference yeah definitely very humbling to to hear that vulnerability to hear somebody that has obviously displayed such strength of character such physical strength emotional strength and then to really kind of wear his heart in his sleeve and open up to why he was able to achieve that impossible or a seemingly impossible dream was because mm-hmm. his why was so strong. And let's talk about yours today. Okay. <laughs> so corporate partnerships manager at Parkinson's UK, what does that actually involve? So I work with companies to see how they can help Parkinson's UK fulfill its purpose, its mission. And um, we work with companies that can be things such as employee engagement and fundraising. So you know, that example of, of, of Chris, now Budweiser are working with us to adopt us as a charity for the year. So all their employee fundraising and their employee engagement is sort of done with the Parkinson's UK cause to, to help us um, and help our helpline. There's other ways that we partner with companies to look at more strategic partnerships or a sharing of skills and company purpose and values and really find ways that we can sort of both fulfill each other's purpose each other's missions help each other on our on our, on our challenges and I, I feel that's a real um I get real sort of satisfaction in that in that alignment between that sort of mutual benefit and what is the purpose or mission for Parkinson's UK so Parkinson's UK mission is to together find a cure for Parkinson's and improve everybody's lives that are impacted by Parkinson's. So that's really not just the people that have Parkinson's, but their families. There's one million people affected by Parkinson's in the UK. And we look at how we can make life better for those people right now, but also what we can do for the future with a 
hope of a cure with the drug discoveries in terms of treatments that can stop, slow or um, reverse the progression of Parkinson's. So it's that kind of the hope for the future as well. And how long have you been working there now? Been working there for three years and really enjoying the journey that it's, it's took me on. It was out of the corporate world that I came into Parkinson's UK. So I did go in with there are some learnings for me to do and it was a bit of a growth experience and I'm still on that sort of learning curve but I'm really enjoying sort of seeing the, the progress um, and the impact that we're making. And explain to me how you moved from corporate to to charity or, or even before that how did you get into corporate first? Yeah so I came out of university and started working for a conference company in conference production so that was really looking at how we can shape together conferences based on key needs and trends. I enjoyed it at first. I was good at it, but I really didn't feel a connection to my why. I didn't know why I was getting out of bed. I kind of felt that monotony every day of going in and kind of doing the same thing to make money, which was which was fine at first. But I kind of thought there must be a way that you can make money, make the company money but then also have a, a purpose and an impact on a larger scale. And I really kind of felt I got to that point was I wasn't really learning much more about myself and I wasn't really growing. So I decided after a couple of years in that role to go traveling. Um, I went with my boyfriend who was new at the time we didn't really have anything sort of lined up, any plans. We just went with our backpacks and a working holiday visa. Didn't have any jobs. So looking back, it was kind of a big, a big leap of faith. And we really wanted to push ourselves out of our comfort zones. So we ended up in Australia after a bit of, of travelling in, in Sydney. And we struggled to get jobs at first because it was the, the start of the GFC. And we really felt you know, we might have to come home and that sense of, oh, failure and all, we, we, did, we couldn't make it work. But we persevered and we both got jobs, but I ended up in the same sector that I was in beforehand in the conference industry. But I was, I was enjoying it because I was enjoying being in, a, in Australia, being in, a, in sunnier climes, being somewhere that was really kind of new and exciting, discovering a new country. But that wore off. Um, quite quickly and then I kind of felt oh, well I'm doing the same job I'm not learning much more about myself what impact am I making those same questions still came back to me but something was different because my boss the founder of the company became a bit of a mentor for me and she said to me I think you can help lead and grow the company um, and at the time it was only a company of five people and that kind of felt really exciting but really daunting and I remember having that feeling of when she asked me kind of almost like looking over my shoulder to see if she's asking somebody else like why, why is she why does she think that I can do it this seems kind of out of my comfort zone out of my scope but I kind of thought I'll take that leap and let's see if I can make this work as I go along and a key moment for me was my new my newest sort of team recruit was going to start in a couple of days and I was flying home from a conference at an airport I had this feeling of like, oh, dread for the next couple of days. I don't know if I can do this, if I can really lead somebody, if I can 
lead a team, I can grow the company, what if I let down my boss, what if I let down my team? Um, I don't know, maybe I should, you know, just step out and not do this. So I kind of thought there must be a book that could help me be a leader. There must be a book that tells me how to be a good leader. So my desperate attempt to to try and succeed at what I was um, about to do. So I was at an airport news agents and there's a very small section of uh, leadership or management books, something along the lines of leadership for dummies. And the other one was the soul of leadership by Deepak Chopra. So I thought, oh, I'll give that one a go. It's better than leadership for dummies. And I thought, well, I was a bit intrigued that leaders can have souls. This idea that, you know, you can have a, a soul and leader of your soul. That seemed quite revolutionary to me at the time. So I picked up, bought it, and then I kind of was addicted to it. I kind of read it really quickly. It was a, it was a real, real page turner. And it became a pivotal moment in this kind of pursuit for purpose and also really shifted the idea of how you can lead and be a service. So the idea of, of leadership as service, that leadership can be about how you can enable your team to grow to meet their full potential how it's about serving the highest needs of your team how you can really make your purpose and the vision at the heart of everything you do and how this can help others find their purpose and their vision and also the idea that you don't need to be in a leadership position to to do this everyone can do this with their family with their friends with their colleagues um, and I found this really inspiring and uplifting and this idea that everybody in, has this potential to do it themselves. So that gave me a real sense of um, potential, real sense of, of, of purpose that started to, to develop. Um, and a key part of the book, and I do recommend it for, for anyone who's interested in the idea of leadership. Again, you don't have to be in that leadership position, but a key part of it is finding time to work out what your purpose is and articulate it and I think if you articulate it you write it down you feel more attached to it and you feel more deliberate to it and it asks you questions which Deepak Chopra calls the soul the, find your soul profile and those questions are like what what are your key strengths and skills how do you feel when you have a key experience what is your contribution to the world and so from this I kind of formulated this, this idea of a, my purpose being to inspire and enable continuous growth in myself and others to reach full potential. And that's still something that's a work in progress in me. It's still something that I kind of feel, how is my purpose evolving? How am I achieving my purpose? Um, what does it mean? But it really anchored me to this idea that we all have a purpose and we all have a, have a mission that we can choose and if we live each moment or each day with that purpose in the back of our minds, we have that clarity, we have that motivation, we have that passion. So then when I took that back to my, my team, I, I fell kind of back in love with the role. I saw real, real impact, a real sense of achievement and fulfillment when I saw my team growing, when I can hire people that were maybe straight out of university, no experience, and I saw them really grow in their roles and I, I saw them really kind of use their strengths and their skills the things that they again probably felt wasn't possible before they started that role so I really 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 enjoyed that 
but then I got to the point of feeling that sense again of yeah this is great and I and I am growing myself and I'm growing my team growing the company but I want to make an impact on a bigger scale uh, it's it was still about you know making money it's still the corporate world and it was still about my reach was only as big as the, the team that I was managing could I be part of something bigger part of a company that or an organization that was making a bigger packs on the world in a bigger way um, and at the time my boyfriend well he's now my husband um at the time he um his dad had parkinson's and he was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia and it was that diagnosis of the Lewy body dementia and the decline that really made a painful um made it a really painful time for us um he was really um well I guess when I when I when I met Michael Rob's dad um he ha- was just diagnosed with his Parkinson's and you know I, I saw his um his spirit his humor his intelligence and um he seemed to be coping quite well but then the blue body dementia diagnosis um when that kicked in, that's when we saw a real, real decline, a real fast um, progression of the symptoms. And Parkinson's can be really different for, for everybody. Every, everyone's sort of um, progression is very different. But for Michael, for Rob's dad, it was painfully fast. And um, he had a, um, he had a fall at home and his wife couldn't pick him up so he ended up being in a hospital and then we all thought that he'd end up back at home but he went from hospital um, to a care home and then never left that care home so I kind of have memories of of visiting at him and that care home and he became a sort of a shadow of, of the self of, of his, form, his former self he came became a shadow of the man that he was in a way because he couldn't um, speak, he couldn't talk, he couldn't move, but you could still see that light in his eyes, that sparkle in his eyes, that was his um, his essence. You know, he, he still tried to really um, be there for us and communicate with us in ways that were really hard. And we tried to give him as much comfort as we could. And I remember sort of in little things like um, in the care home would be bringing him meals, cooked meals to kind of create that sense of being at home. And I would do things like rub his feet to try and kind of make him feel comfort. And I just remember those times kind of this feeling of like desperation, like there's nothing I can do. There's nothing, the whole family felt like that. What can we do to make him feel more at ease and more comfortable? So we did these little things, but they never felt enough. But what was a real sort of driving force, and this actually happened before he had the dementia, is Michael went to Parkinson's UK talk, um, and at this talk, they talked about the idea of the Parkinson's brain bank and how you can donate your brain to the Parkinson's brain bank to help um, research for your cure for Parkinson's, that the, the brain donation is a real key part in helping us understand how Parkinson's 
affects the brain and therefore find a cure. So Michael was really moved at this point by the idea that it was too late for him to find a cure, that there wouldn't be anything that would really stop or slow his progression. But he found this real idea of helping others um, to find a cure, to impact on other people that might have Parkinson's and giving them hope. He found that really, really powerful. And he found a sense of purpose and fulfillment in that. So he became really dedicated the, to the idea of, of donating his brain to, to research and with the approval of his family and his wife he got the okay to to donate his brain and his family were definitely you know we were all really on, on board and very proud of him that he kind of showed this kindness and altruism that he wanted to make an impact even in, in his death so the um last thing that Michael signed before he was able to to you know pick up a pen and write because he kind of he lost the ability to to, to write was this the forms that would agree to his brain donation so then he he did he ended he ended up back at he was he ended up in in, in the care home and then he unfortunately passed away um in 2014 and that was obviously a really sad and hard time for the whole family. Um, but we did find some sense of um, purpose and even in comfort in the idea that his wish had been fulfilled with the brain donation. And um, his wife, my mother-in-law, Anne, talks about how that was a really, obviously really hard day. It was Father's Day when he passed away and it was not an easy pr process to donate your brain. You need to have your thing signed off by the doctor and the coroner. There needs to be a, a helicopter to lift the brain to, an, to the brain bank. But she talks about how these things all happen very seamlessly and it made something that seemed really impossible, but could have been really hard, but made it really um, happen with ease. And that gave her kind of some some sense of, of comfort. So this all happened, and I was still working in the, in the corporate sector, and kind of well back in the UK at this point. And I'm back in and I'm still conferencing, and I still kind of have this real you know nagging feeling of there must be more I can do with my contribution. You know, you, you, the, this idea I guess that a lot of people will resonate with that you spend majority of your waking hours at work and what am I doing with my time to make a positive impact and so I started to look around for other jobs but I was getting real knockbacks from recruiters I was told I haven't got the right skills I haven't been in the right sector for long enough and felt like I was kind of get, getting to a brick wall I kind of felt oh I don't think I'm going to be able to do it I felt that you know I'll just stay where I am and then I was watching the um, BBC morning news show and there was an article about a 17 year old boy that had Parkinson's and kind of all, obviously all those feelings around Michael's death and the hope for a cure came rushing back to me and had this overwhelming feeling that I wanted to do something with that part of Michael's legacy. I want to help in every, every way I can find a cure for 
for Parkinson's. I want to be part of that um, legacy that Michael left for his brain, brain donation to see how I can bring that to help this 17 year old boy. So straight away, I looked at Parkinson's UK job page and there is a role for a corporate partnerships manager. And I read it and I was like, wow, this, this is me. This is all my skills, this is all my experience. This, I can do this. I, can, I was really, really excited by it. And I applied and I got the job. And I really found a sense of encouragement in that, that almost this kind of was a bit of a, a message or a, a sign that has pointed me towards, towards Parkinson's UK at the time that I needed it and perhaps they needed me. And that really felt like a really, really good alignment. And I, I'm really excited to, to start working at Parkinson's UK, which is where I am now. Wow, that was that was a good answer to that question. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. And and what I, I'm taking us on that journey and understanding how sort of just by traveling and then meeting somebody across the other side of the world gave you the confidence not to, you know, you had that imposter syndrome. You, you mentioned looking over your shoulder, at, at wondering whether she was talking about somebody else. And yeah, it, it's great to sort of see the growth of, of, of your journey. Even as you're describing it, you can physically see the transition between the confidence and, and understanding now that what you're doing is exactly what you should be doing for you know many reasons and how a book led you you know gave you that confidence as well it's incredible how impactful a book or or a podcast can be on people's lives so yeah absolutely so explain what it is you're doing right now and how you, you know you you said your your purpose is aligned with the company so what is it that you what is that impact that you can now make so now um, I work as a corporate partnerships manager. And as I explained at the beginning, that's really looking at how companies can partner with Parkinson's UK to help us with fundraising and help us with our skills, help us with our communications. And I felt a real sense of alignment of my personal purpose in two ways in this role, because not only am I looking at how I can help find a cure and improve lives for people impacted by Parkinson's. I can help people that are in the, in the corporate world or in a company that might have that same sense of lack of fulfillment or lack of purpose that I had when I was in the corporate world, thinking that there must be a way that I can use my skills and my strengths to make a positive impact, that I can increase, increase my reach to change things that I feel passionate about and I think there's a really important role that charity and company partnerships play in helping employees and companies have a mechanism to fill that fulfill that purpose that there are often um, shared purposes that a company and charity might have and through giving employees this goal to help Parkinson's UK help raise funds for a cure or help with um, funds for a helpline or bring their skills to help us improve what we do there is a, a sense of being able to fulfill their purpose whilst still doing their day, day job whilst still doing the things that might 
pay the bills, but they might find purpose in the sense that they can see how their company cares about their community and their society and how they are then given a, a role in a vehicle to show how they can make an impact. And for me, that is a really kind of key part of, of fulfilling my own purpose to help people find purpose in their everyday. So you no longer have that sort of sense of monotony or you know why you're getting out of bed and you don't have that disconnect anymore? No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Wake up with a, a spring in my step and sort of ready to tackle tackle the day. So it's, yeah, it's a very nice feeling to have. And, and what is, what's on the agenda for you sort of at the moment? What, what are you working from? I know you're sort of, we're all in lockdown, but what is it you're, you're focused on? Yeah, so one of the things that we're focused on is a webinar series, which looks at how we can really get hold of that, that question that I was just talking about there, how we can really look at the role of business as a force for good. And I think, obviously, during the crisis, during COVID-19, that issue has been really been brought to the fore because we've seen how companies have an integral role in helping communities we've seen companies do really innovative things with how they can perhaps create PPE equipment or create funds and grants to help communities that have been impacted by the crisis and that sort of really moved us at Parkinson's UK to see how can we be helping the business community further to enable themselves to be a force for good. So we're creating this webinar series which kind of tackles key subjects such as the role of purpose and employee well-being and health, um, how to look at managing diversity inclusion in the workplace, um, how to manage change to therefore make a positive impact in the communities and your stakeholders. So there's something I feel really passionate about because through this Parkinson's UK are reaching a, a wider corporate audience and hopefully adding value and showing companies how they can really be a key player and an integral role in creating that social value whilst also addressing their key business challenges those two things go hand in hand you know how they can satisfy their shareholders and their stakeholders so we're putting together a really inspiring webinar with the Parkinson's UK chair Gary Shaughnessy so he's kind of a ex-CEO and he's got a really kind of great experience of the things that he's he's seen in business but also brings his experience of somebody that is living with Parkinson's and so we're going to have loads of great guest speakers inspiring speakers from business and Parkinson's UK network sharing how you can action your purpose as an employee as a CEO as an owner of a company and um, so I'm really excited to see see that rolled out. It sounds wonderful and it's so important. We've talked about this before about the alignment of, of a business's why with their employees so that everybody is working together you know, and, and feel as though everyone belongs because a lot of people don't feel that they belong in their company and they don't feel valued and it's such a shame to see that that you know it's very sales driven and, and that was something you mentioned before that in an environment where you were working in a company you didn't feel that connection because you didn't feel valued mm, yeah definitely yeah so when, when there is an alignment between the employee purpose and the company's purpose there can be that real sweet spot and that magic happens where not just an improvement in employee 
well-being and employee engagement, but that leads to better productivity, better profits, and better value for your shareholders. And I think there's really a conversation at the moment around how companies can create short-term value and long-term value. And that long-term value is about how we can really make an impact on community, society, and environmental issues by looking at using the power and the resources and the collective, I guess, consciousness of a, a of employees you know we're, we're talking about big organizations with big big amount of um, people that are working for them and if that purpose is really thought about and aligned to how that can make a positive impact on you know world issues then we can really see what magic can happen and what impact that we can change that sounds brilliant and uh, you know good for you for bringing that initiative to to fruition I'm sure it'll be it'll be very positive and it will have a great impact it's great to see how your action has and, and your change from the experiences you've had have driven you towards leading a more purposeful life and it's you sound very motivated in terms of knowing how to do that was it as easy as you've made it sound no it it wasn't and I I have um spent time thinking about my purpose spending you know working on, on my on myself and I can have this idea of really perhaps challenging traditional goal setting I think that I think it's really important to, to set goals but often we we set goals and those goals might be influenced by things around us, outside of us, you know, so by culture or by our families or by what other people are doing. So then we might go through the motions trying to fulfill these goals, but are they really kind of aligned to our soul's desire, our own purpose? And I think that's when I kind of realised that when I was in the corporate world, that I need to spend time looking at what I want. I call kind of time and spend time in introspection. So things that help me kind of tap into what's important to me, you know, what really drives me. And to do those things, I kind of did things like read books. Like, you know, I love the self-improvement bookshelf at a bookshop. I love that. So <laughs> I, I spend many time sort of, going through books there but also things like meditation so and that could just be simple as just you sitting down and being mindful um just kind of thinking about what you want or journaling that's something else that I think is really really key is to think about getting your thoughts down on paper getting your intentions down on paper and these become your your kind of purpose-driven goals and that's yeah, that's kind of been a work in progress for the last 15 years and it's still an ongoing process. So I don't think that will ever stop. <laughs> well, a fellow journaler, you're speaking to her right here. I, I've, <laughs> I'm now on 1,282 consecutive days of journaling. journaling. Oh, so yeah, exactly. I love my journal. Oh, that's great. And I think it's really important. You mentioned about being on track with your goals and, and sort of making sure they are in alignment with what you're trying to achieve and, mm. and I think when you write them down and you see them there yeah. you, you look at them and you go 
no that's not quite right mm. whereas you know if you just sort of if you haven't had that process of of really analyzing what it is you're doing and why you're doing it then sometimes you can be drifting in a direction that's not quite where you should be going so no I really I really love that and a fellow um, book reader myself so we have to exchange our book lists definitely, mm, definitely. I've I've had that idea described to me before as the compass and the rocket so it's about spending time to find your compass and then once you've got that compass and you can rocket towards your goals but you don't want the rocket about the compass I love that absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really good really good analogy so how would people get in contact with you Lisa so I'd love to hear from people that would be interested in partnering with Parkinson's UK. So either you might be an employee yourself or somebody that has an interest in working with us in, in whatever way or hearing more about our webinar series or being involved in those. I would love, love, love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me on LinkedIn or email me uh, at my Parkinson's email address, which is lgill at parkinsons.org.uk. Brilliant. Well, I'll put those contact details into the show notes so people can don't panic if you're out on your run or at the gym right now listening to this. You, you, you can just look down later and they'll be there. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today and learning more about yourself and what Parkinson's UK's mission is. It's been really, really intriguing to see from the other side and also I what I love about this is that this came from one podcast I'm already having that ripple effect happening having that podcast with Chris and now having one with you it's, it's incredible and that's exactly why I created this show so thank you for that yeah I love it and no, thank you so much Amy for having me on board I was honoured to be invited and sort of humbled to be amongst your guest speaker lineup so thank you so much I really enjoyed it absolute pleasure do you have a final message for the audience today, Lisa? So, yeah, my key takeaways would be to echo what I was saying before is to spend time finding your compass. But don't wait. Don't wait until you think you have the purpose vision, the perfect vision or the perfect compass to really start making change and making a positive impact now. Look for ways that you might be able to do that in your job at the moment. And I see that. Um, as two possible ways are you part of something bigger I don't know if you heard, heard this story Amy I'm sure you have but I love that story about JFK and the janitor and he was doing his tour of NASA and he asked the cleaner what's your role here and he's like I'm putting man on the moon I think don't underestimate the part that you play within a company's bigger purpose or a vision um, and secondly if you're unsure what your company vision is or it's not aligned to yours Look at what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis that is really fulfilling your purpose. What are you doing with your interactions with colleagues or customers, which might be lifting them up, which might be showing how your unique skills and strengths are helping them unleash their potential, their skills and their strengths. And I think when you do that, you kind of give a gift to yourself as well as give a gift to them. And that's kind of really, you kind of get that alignment between your, your purpose and your action. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan, 
to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.